Hello and welcome to the Fearless Family Project podcast, episode one, helping your child to cope with anxiety. Hi guys, so this podcast is full of practical advice for parents who have a child that suffers from anxiety. Now perhaps this is a daily occurrence for you uh, when you drop them off at school. Perhaps it's more related to an event that's coming up, perhaps a school sports day or a school camp or a sleepover where they're just a little bit out of their comfort zone. Now I am tackling these issues from the place of a performing arts teacher. So these are some of the techniques that I use to help put children at ease because often I'm asking them to step outside of their comfort zone. So that is what I'm trying to impart to you today. I need to say from the outset that if you feel that your child's uh, anxieties or uh, issues around anxieties go a lot deeper than that, then it's really important that you talk to your GP about it and they can refer you to a, a professional, perhaps a clinical psychologist or someone who really can get to the root of the problem for you. So I want you to know that that's really, really important. But if you feel that this is more a a pattern or a behavior that you have with your parenting or perhaps an experience that's affected them and it's something that could be could be um, addressed by some some basic tips and uh, just a change in language and patterns, then today this podcast is for you. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to go and grab a pen and a a notebook. And if you're out and about, that's fine. Make sure you come back and grab one later because I really do have some basic tips, do's and don'ts and basic rules of thumb that you need to follow to start to create healthier patterns around anxiety in your home that you can implement for a happy, happy family. Okay, so stay tuned. Okay, so I'm just going to jump straight into it, guys. Uh, The podcasts that I really enjoy listening to that I tend to get a lot out of are the ones that follow a structure. And that won't always be the case with my podcasts, but today I think that best serves this particular topic um, if you are, in fact, to go away with techniques that you can start to use. Okay, so um, I'll just go through that structure now quickly with you. So the first thing that I'm going to be talking about are the five points that I covered in the Facebook post on the Fearless Family Project page. Um, The five, I'm just going to recap those five top tips because I sort of feel like those are at the core of things that you can, uh, the practical things, the things that um, are pretty harmless that um, that you could try and if they didn't work then, you know, nothing's lost. They are really, really practical, user-friendly tips. Um, So I'd like to recap that for those that may have missed that post. And I'm going to add a few extra things on that I left out that I want to explain a bit further. All right, then I'm going to go over. I don't really like that sort of philosophy of of the don't do's you know I've, sometimes I don't really feel that's helpful when you when you want to make positive change is you know to follow a list of don't do this but in this case um, I think it's really easy as parents as, as human beings to get into habits 
that are actually um, have a negative effect, and uh, you know, unintentionally, we do that. We we sort of um, we're very much products of our own experiences, aren't we? So we may have adapted and and um, taken on habits that that we didn't intend to. They're just part of our makeup. So I think it's important to go over some perhaps some rules of things not to do or to avoid. And it may seem like a negative approach, but um, I really think it's important to address habits that are very, very common. They pop up a lot. And um, I think it's really, really good to talk about them at least. So it brings awareness to them for you. And at the end of this podcast, I'm just going to go over some really, really quick, quick, quick tips about how to, how to, um, just add just little extra helpful things that you can do really, really quickly um, that sometimes can nip things in the bud uh, <laughs> that can help assist. So they're not sort of big things, but they might be little quick, little helpful things that you can say to your child um, when they're just hopping out the car or you're just dropping them off. Just little things that you could do just to add a little bit of um, security and comfort Um to your child who suffers from anxiety okay so that is the basic structure that we're following today and I'm just going to jump into it so the Facebook post that I that I put on about a week and a half ago um, had these five top tips of things you can do as a parent so I'm just going to go through them now now the first one was to encourage uh, logical thinking in your child so when a child's um, nervous and upset about something coming up, they, as children do, have a very vivid imagination and they really can build things up to be bigger than what they actually are. We all know this as parents. Now, I want you to, they've got all that energy and they've got all that imagination and I want you to try and be active in helping them to use those things in a positive way. So, for instance, I, I would love you to, and an idea might be to um, have actually organise a play date at your house. If you know that your child, for instance, is off to camp and um, they've got a lot of anxiety being staying away from home, the idea is that you could set up a play date at your house prior to camp and invite a couple of friends over if there's. Now, this... Um, Probably a good idea to invite children who who aren't full of anxiety, or you know them to be quite confident kids. All right, because you want this to be, you really want to to promote as positive experience as possible. Now, I want you to ask your child to start thinking about things or ways that they, as a friend, could help their friends who are coming to stay feel more comfortable. What could you do? You could say this to your child. What do you think that you could do that could make your friends feel more comfortable here and safer here and feel more at home? What are some things we could do? Should we tell them they can bring a teddy bear? Should we tell them they can bring their favorite blanket? Where do you think they'll feel most comfortable? What room should we sleep in? Should we sleep in the lounge? Should we just pull some mattresses out? And really get your child actively thinking about ways to make their friends more comfortable because in a roundabout way they're having to process all of these tools themselves and they can start to take their own advice without the pressure of feeling they're in the spotlight of like you know oh, oh um 
oh, you, you know, take your teddy bear to camp. Take, do, you, do these things to make yourself feel more comfortable at camp. All these things that can make a kid who's already feeling anxious um, push back. You know, it, it, can, it can be detrimental. So by helping them to be a host, it actually can help them to process it in a more positive light and they can start to take their own advice. And you know what? You've always got it as a point of reference in conversation. So as the big event approaches, you can say, hey, but remember when you did this for such and such, you know, didn't that help? Didn't you see how helpful that was? Your friends were so happy and they felt so safe. And you know, absolutely, that is going to be your experience. Now you know what it's like. Now you know what to expect and, and how to make people feel comfortable. You can do that yourself. You know, and it's putting that ownership back on them and them taking responsibility for their feelings and not making this big, dramatic, um, dear, fear-filled de- uh, um, concept in their head that they've actually used their imagination to, to good use, put it to good use. Okay, so there's an idea for you. The second thing on that list was talked about um, making... making um, Anxious situations are part of everyday life. And I don't mean just putting challenge and challenge and challenge in front of your child. I mean getting real, you know, normalizing it. Everyone, every human being has a situation where they feel anxious. And and it's really important that you use that in everyday language in life. If you know your child is particularly um, affected by anxiety, then it's really important that you start to uh, talk about that. So... This is more of a long-term idea, by the way. This is not something that you load your child with as you are pushing them out the car to go to camp. No, no, no. This is something that you you implement um, over time. For instance, if you've got a child who has got a school speech coming up, or, um, yes, let's use that example, you... You can start to say, hey, bring your own experiences or your your husband or wife's experiences into play. So, oh, daddy's got a presentation at work this week. He's got to talk to 20 people in a room about this and that, the other. And, and how did you feel, daddy? Of course, you need to tell daddy that you're going to talk about this before you bring it up. So that he's got lots of positive things to say, add to the conversation. But... Um, you need to talk through the experience so to so to normalize it to to say oh gosh yes I felt quite nervous about that and you know this is this is daddy talking um, I felt quite nervous about that and um, uh, what I did was I made sure I was very prepared and I made sure that I had a couple people there to help me answer questions and you can really talk through the experience without you don't have to say hey hey that's just like you and your school speech coming up you don't have to highlight their experience but what it is doing is creating some thoughts and some processing in their minds around normalizing anxious situations. All right, so I, I've used that before. Or also I have used, because I'm involved in the performing arts, I've used uh, many examples to my students around, oh my goodness, this one time when I was in the show, I... I, uh, you know, I was so nervous. I, I felt physically sick before I went on, and I'd done all the, and, and I just reminded myself that I've done all the preparation, that uh, my family are in the audience, and they're very proud of me no matter what happens, and I just really shared my thought process, 
you know, that's all it is, is, is making, it's being relatable, making the child feel like what they're going through isn't unusual, that people cope with this stuff every single day and really normalizing it as much and much and much as you can. Any example that you can find in your life where you can share something with that child, just drop it into conversation when you're in the car. You know, start to normalize those things. Don't keep bringing it back to, hey, it's just like you. Is that how you feel? Don't, don't lead with those questions. You need to just talk about your experience and let it be because children will listen and process in their own way. But it's really important that you emphasize that, that you got a lot out of it, that ultimately it was a great learning experience and it was positive. So that is something that, to keep reinforcing. Okay, so normalize, normalize, normalize. Now the third point that I made is, yes, so if a child has, has anxieties and they're, they're at a place where they're communicating with them, with you, and what's worrying them, then first of all, congratulations, because when a child can open up to you and feel they can really tell you what they're truly feeling, then you're doing a great job, okay? Um, not all children communicate that freely, so if they feel that they trust you enough that they can tell you how they're feeling, then you must be doing something right, Okay? So what a wonderful opportunity to help your child and you have created that opportunity by being so open with them and being a really awesome parent that they can talk to. So well done. But if you are in that situation, okay, so they are sharing their their anxiety with you, I want you to be very, very aware of yourself in that moment that you are only just listening to them, that you are listening and you're not giving weight to the issues and what I mean by that is don't load on it and don't you don't want to jump to any assumptions or conclusions for them you just need to listen because sometimes where your head was going with something it's not always where theirs is going um, remember they're a child and they're maybe not adding too many layers or depth to what they're saying perhaps it's just a little annoyance that happened but they've blown it out of proportion so just just listen Please don't jump to any assumptions as to how they're feeling because your experiences were your experiences. How they're experiencing what they're experiencing is theirs and you just need to listen, okay? It's very easy to just uh, try and cut them off the pass. My goodness, I'm guilty of it. <laughs> when you have got about five minutes before you've got to go out the door and, um, and you just want to sort of help them quickly and cut to the chase it's really important that you listen and you know what that's life sometimes you are in a hurry somewhere so I do need to say that if that is the case you need to give them a hug or go to their eye level and really sit down with them and reassure them that you really do want to hear what they have to say but perhaps this, is, this isn't the right time because I would hate for the conversation to be interrupted because we have to hop in the car. Or I really want to listen to you right now because you are very, very important. But we really, really must get in the car and travel to this place. When is the time when you would like to sit down? How about after dinner? Would you like to come sit with mummy or daddy on the couch and we'll talk about this over dinner? Or when I tuck you into bed tonight, what is the time that suits you? Because I really want to give you my full attention. Okay, so it's really important that you uh, reassure your child that you care and that you want to listen to them. All right, it's really, really important. So listen with an open mind and please don't jump to any assumptions as to what they were trying to tell you. Now, the fourth thing I wanted to talk about that I put on that post was um, your language use. So sometimes, as I just sort of mentioned then, 
um, with the last point is it's very easy as a parent when you are already feeling anxious for them perhaps you can it's very easy to feel the tension that they are feeling because you you empathize and and you want to connect with your child and when your child gets all riled up and and tense it's very easy for you to slip into that as well I want you to just breathe through it you can't let yourself go there you need to be the parent you need to be the strong one you don't need to fly off the handle and jump to any conclusions all right or assumptions about how they're feeling you need to Really check yourself because perhaps you're a person who had lots of anxiety growing up as well. Your anxiety is not your child's anxiety. You need to not let your issues, those sorts of negative issues, inform the way that you help your child to deal with them. It's really important that you do that. And so what I mean by language use is I don't want you to lead any them down any rabbit hole. I don't want you to say... Oh, did you feel, oh, did that make you feel nervous when that happened? Or, you know, you, they might be telling you a story and you go, oh, and, and did, that, did that make you feel nervous? Or, oh, did that make you feel sad when that person said it? I mean, if they are telling the story, let them tell the story. Please don't put words in their mouth. Often that can just trigger something in them that perhaps they weren't even going there with that. Um, and also... It, it almost uh, locks it in, in their memory. You know, they almost associate that emotion with that event from then on in because, you know, you as a parent went there. That was how you associated uh, an emotion to that event. So, you know, it's almost like confirmation that it's okay to feel that way in those moments. <laughs> and and you don't want that. You want to find help them to find another resolution that's, that's more peaceful, that's more that's more calm and relaxed and practical and logical. You don't want them, when they're feeling that anxious about something, you don't want them to feel anxious. You don't want to exacerbate it. You want to help them to find um, something calm and logical to hold on to. So you need to not use that language. Just let them explain in their own words how they felt. Okay? And sometimes... You can use examples like, ah, okay, I can see how that made you feel that way. All right, but, and give it a positive twist so you can say, oh, right, well, um, I think it's okay to feel nervous in those moments. It's only normal. It's only normal that you would feel nervous. I can imagine that you must have felt nervous. Please don't say, oh, mummy's felt nervous in those times too. I always feel nervous when that happens to me. I mean, bless you. <laughs> I'm guilty of that too. And you just want to relate and you want to take away that. You want to take away that feeling that your child's feeling and, and put yourself in their shoes just for a moment to alleviate that pressure that they put on themselves. But please don't do that. Let them feel that moment, but normalize it. Normalize that moment and say, I think that's absolutely normal that you would feel that way. But it's okay to feel that way, you know, because that means that you are human and that means you have feelings and that means that you care about this moment and that means that, that you are, are looking out for yourself and that means that you, you are concerned. So what can we do about those concerns? How can we fix them? That's absolutely okay. That's absolutely normal. What do you think we could do in that moment to make you feel better? Okay, so it's always bringing it back to the practical. 
and not buying into that emotion. That's really important, guys. And number five that I put on that post was basically around being an active role model. Okay, so you as a parent need to walk the walk, and it can be big or small, um, and I don't mean you're off to school camp, off you go. I mean, I mean, what is something that you can be more relatable with? You know, if you are someone who's actually, perhaps your child isn't someone who's opening up very well to you, maybe you're... What can often happen, and I've noticed with a lot of my students, is sometimes parents are quite high achievers, you know. They, they, just, they just soldier on through life. They're doing well in work. They keep fit. They're healthy. They're sort of sociable people. And, and their children, to put it bluntly, find that really hard to relate to. And I know, you know, as adults, we all know that we have our issues and we have our insecurities, but it's really hard for children to find you relatable, <laughs> When you're like that, quite often a lot of the students that I've had who are the most nervous and most anxious have got very, very capable and confident parents and and they just don't know where they fit into that picture, into that family picture. They don't know how you got there, guys. Okay? They want to make you proud. They want to feel the way you feel. They want to be smiling and confident just like mummy and daddy. But they don't know how to get there. It's really important that you open up. You don't have to put on a face with your children. It's really important that you're honest with them and communicate with them in a real sense so they can understand how you got there because that is all learning for them. And that emotional intelligence and that learning how to, how to get through their, go over their anxieties and get through their nerves is all such valuable, such valuable material for kids. All right? So... I want you to be really open about that. And sometimes that means, hey, mummy's going to be entering um, a half marathon. What do you reckon? You know, and I mean, I've said that to my children. They've laughed at me because they know that perhaps I haven't been keeping up with my fitness or, or whatever. And, and, you know, you have to sort of be, um, make yourself accessible. Have a laugh at yourself and, and say, oh, do you think, hey, if I do this and I stick to my training, I'm really, really nervous and I don't know if I'm going to do well and I hope I can finish it and really show them how you're feeling in those moments and let them live it through, through you, with you, okay? Um, and a, a part of that post was also talking about it's really important that um, as they're living it through you that you say to them, hey, if I do this event, I'm going to treat myself a really cool, a really nice iced chocolate at that favorite cafe of ours. If I do this event, I'm so nervous about it. I don't even know if I can finish it. But if I can do it, I'm going to treat myself. You know, and get them involved and let them hold you accountable to that. And it's so, it's not only is it fun and entertaining and creates memories with your family, but it's really teaching them about the strength of the human spirit that, you know, even though something can feel daunting, you will get through it and you can keep, you can have laser focus (laughs) and you can, you can achieve anything. And it's really important that you let them share that with you. You know, no matter how much of a confident person you are, you need to be, you need to get on their level and you need to invite them into those feelings that you feel so they can start to learn how to process their own feelings. All right, and a really important point that I want to make here is no matter what the outcome is of that challenge that you, that you have put on yourself for this exercise, no matter what that um, thing is that made you anxious or nervous, whatever the outcome, okay, I want you to show them how you practice self-love, 
that you don't beat yourself up over it. Perhaps the presentation that you had coming up at work was the challenge, was the was the example that you've decided to share with your children. Perhaps it didn't go to plan. Don't come home and be all upset and spit the dummy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's okay to be disappointed, but share that with them. But also don't beat yourself up over it. I think part of the fear of children with anxiety is, you know, if things don't go to plan, they're unsure of what's going to happen to them. Will their parents be disappointed? Will their friends laugh at them? What if they never get over that? What if they never do anything like this again? What if forever in a day after this, people are going to laugh at them and make fun of them? Oh, there's the kid that couldn't do that, that thing. You know, I think it's just the unknown that there are really, really, that really builds up that tension and, and that worry in them. So as much as you can reassure them that you are still you after the event, that this is all a learning experience, that whatever it is that they were anxious about, no matter what the outcome, that you will love them and they they can love themselves and they, they can just put it down to a learning experience. It's not the end of the world. You know, that's really, really important. The more that you can tell them that life still continues on, life still moves on, things will still be the same after, after an event, the more you can reiterate that to them and show them self-love by setting an example, by being a role model, um, the better it will be for your child, the easier they will be on yourself, the less tension that will come, the less anxiety. The more you build it up and, and go, oh my goodness, I hope I can do this. Oh no, if I don't do this, I'll never forgive myself. I mean, you know, I've actually heard parents say that in front of their children and I just cringe because I'm thinking, what are you doing? You know, and children are role modeling themselves and modeling themselves on this and they get all worked up over nothing to talk themselves out of doing anything. You know, it's a real thing, people. I see it every day, truly. All right, so those are my five top tips that I had in that Facebook post. And those are things that you can start to implement that are really more long-term things that you can start to use in your family. All right, now, as I said earlier in the podcast, I don't like to take the approach of, you know, these are the don't do's um, of parenting. Do not do these. And sometimes I think that's a very negative mindset. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm saying that, but I, like I said, I do think it's easy to slip into patterns that perhaps we experienced through our childhood with our own parents or just um, just things, uh, behaviours that we've adopted because it's very easy to be hard on yourself these days. I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves and, and it can start to creep into your language and your pattern of behaviour as a person and your children will copy you, okay? Um so I just wanted to go over these sort of five um, rules, really. They're not all negative. They're all, um, yeah, they're, qu- they're, they're a way to actually resolve issues quite quickly by following these rules. All right, so hold tight. The first one is you need to hold your line uh, with the people and the influences that your child has. So if you have a gut feeling that there is a child that that is um, not good energy around your child, uh, perhaps they you could sense that there's a little bit of bullying going on, a little bit of attitude that's making your child feel uncomfortable, then I think it's really, really important to address that. Okay, so I think 
you absolutely have to take charge and be a responsible parent. That is, that is my perspective on this. I think you need to be very, very clear with your child that that child, that other child or children are or not that group of friends is not um, a good influence and I don't think they make you very happy and I think you need to pull away from them. Now, let me give you an example. I know of a child who had a, a, another little friend who happened to be the daughter of this parent, um, of this parent's friend. Okay, so the two parents were friends and they had daughters the same age. And one of the daughters was bullying the other daughter. But it was very hard for that parent to really step in and, and break that friendship up because they didn't want to break her own friendship up. You know, it was an awkward conversation to have. And the other parent was a, it came up in, in conversation because it was really obvious to everyone else, even the teacher brought it to their attention. But, um, you know, the other parent, the one with the child with who was a bully, got very defensive and it's very easy to start pointing the finger. Now, what I want to say is, if you are that parent of the child who is getting bullied, you need to put your big girl pants on and step in. This is not about you and your relationship. Yes, your friendships are important, but you need to protect your child and take responsibility for the situation in that moment. Plain and simple. You need to pull your child away from that situation. You don't need to be nasty. You just need to stop that situation. Pull yourself away and say it's okay. You're teaching your child that, A, that you back them, that they are more important to you than anything. So you're building that trust with your child. And B, you're telling that child that you don't have to be nasty, but you, you are worth, you are have enough self-worth to be able to, and you value yourself enough to pull yourself out of a situation that you don't need to be in. It's a fantastic learning opportunity. It's a, it's a huge bummer, don't get me wrong. It's a really awkward situation to be in. Um, yes, I've been in it myself. But you just have to do it because your child has to come first. You're teaching your child that you are connecting with them, that you are listening to their issue. You are teaching your child a respectful way to pull yourself away from a situation. You're not being nasty. You're not throwing stones. But you're teaching your child about self-worth and valuing your values and how you feel about a situation. Okay? So you're backing your child. You're building that trust with them. You're communicating with them better by listening to their issues. And it's just a great learning opportunity also for them. You know, they may be in a situation where they are more of a dominant um, personality in a friendship well, this is a great learning experience for them in that moment. You can always refer back to it. Hey, 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 you know, don't you think you're behaving a little bit like that other child behaved to you? You need to think about what you're saying and what you're doing and be a respectful person because your child is learning and growing all the time. There are going to be ups and downs. There's going to be times when they're in the hot seat. But this is a, if you set a great example from the outset, then this is a wonderful learning experience for them in the years to come. And most of all, they know you've got their back. And that is something that you can only teach through experience. And if that opportunity comes along, you do not want to blow it. That is something that you hold on to. Because if we're talking about anxiety and coping with anxiety, knowing that your parent has your back is worth its weight in gold. It really is. Okay, so you grab that with both hands. Number two. Now, this is something that I probably use more... Um, in my classrooms 
um, setting expectations. So as an adult, you really have, you absolutely must um, set expectations around what you expect of behaviour. So if you're having kids over for a birthday party, or in my case, I'm teaching a class, or perhaps you're coaching a sports team for your, for your child at school, you need to set expectations, what you expect of these children about respecting each other right from the beginning. As the adult, it, it, in my experience, it doesn't pay to just oh, see how it all plays out. I think they are the children, you're the adult. You need to set expectations. So you've always got that to refer back to. Okay, for instance, when I'm teaching a class and I've got a child that's getting up to share something with the class, I always make sure that I, before that child speaks, I take a moment and I say to everyone else who's sitting on the mat or on the chairs, I say, okay, I want all of you to have a think about if you were this person sharing, how would you like to be treated? And I always challenge them to say, I want, I want each of you to think about being an active listener and paying this person the same respect that you would expect if you were on the floor. And then the third thing I do here, the next rule that I wanted to give you, um, is itching activity. So what I do with my with the other children is setting expectations is I give them a task. Because active listening for a child is really difficult when they're excited and, you know, especially if you're coaching a team or something, they it's very hard to capture their attention. But if you can set them a task, you can say something like, I'm really interested in this moment to see which one of you um, can tell me your favourite thing about what this child's going to share. You know, so you're actually giving them a task to do that they're listening with purpose and intention. And they're in that process, they're paying respect to that person. And you're just, by doing that, you're setting up a really wonderful culture. You're telling the child who's about to share that you've got their back, that you care about their heart. You're telling that to every child in the group because you're setting expectations of respect. And any anxiety that may have been sitting there in the air, in their bellies, really just gets a big hug, Let's, just gets put down and put to rest because they know that no matter what happens, everyone, it's fair, you know, everyone has the same expectation, everyone um, has been told the same thing, they don't need to protect their heart because the teacher or the adult in the situation has their back. So setting expectations and then setting a task with those expectations is a very helpful hint. Okay, so the fourth point I want to say, the little, the little rule. Um, when your child is experiencing anxiety, I want you to feel that you can take your child aside and really just tell them, this might be at home at night when you're tucking them into bed or when, you, when you're in the car traveling somewhere, that you really want to tell them that you understand understand their situation and that you empathize with them I want you to be really specific about areas that you emphasize with I think it's a really really important that you are are um, rational and calm in these moments of discussion that you really want to sit down now I'm talking about moments where your kids experience something and, and they've sort of put their foot down dug the heel and said no I'm not doing it I'm not doing it 
You know those moments when you're just cringing as a parent and you had all these plans to drop your kid off at a play date and they've dug their heels in and they don't want to get out the car? <laughs> oh, I've been there. Okay, so that it is those moments that I'm talking about. That you are dropping them off at a, at their grandparents' or, or a friend's house and they just absolutely dig their heels in. Some fear has taken over their body. <laughs> they start making interesting sounds and, and, and flying off the handle and they, they do not want to do what you've asked them to do, whatever you'd planned to do, okay? Now, this is a moment where you can either take the real heavy hand and, and, and lose it, <laughs> which I know is very tempting, or, you know, you can really take them aside and tell them that you understand. You need to sit down and be really rational with them at that moment. You need to model a behavior that is calm, that talks through logically and rationally about what just happened. You need to empathize with them. And then here's another tip. You need to give them a couple of what-if scenarios. Because sometimes when they're so, so driven by fear, they can't see their way through the thick mud. They All they feel is their fear and they don't know how to see past that because anything seeing past that is like, you know, is taking a risk and taking a leap of faith that they're not ready to take. There's something has made them so afraid and anxious that they don't want to do something. So you absolutely must relate to them and you need to offer them a couple of endings, you know, an alternate ending to what could happen. So I'll give you an example. I was at a school camp once and there was a child on that camp and she was just absolutely straight from the get-go, absolutely miserable. It didn't help that her mum was overly emotional she'd never been away to camp before never had a sleepover before unfortunately this child has had um, had, had an illness that sort of um, prevented her from really the, the inconvenience of her um, le- not being away from home away from her medicines and things like that meant that she hadn't had an opportunity before to be overnight but now her illness was at a, at a, a manageable um, place where she was actually was no real reason why she couldn't go to camp and so the mum probably was such an emotional wreck saying goodbye to her child, so that didn't help. That added another layer of anxiety for this child, you know. Even if this child was experiencing even the smallest nuance of happiness and excitement about camp, it got completely stood on by the fact that the mother was so emotional and crying and irate and worried and carrying on uh, in such a crazy way that the the child started to feel, I could see in her face, she just wanted to sort of hang out with her friends, but she started to wonder, oh, maybe I, maybe I should be worried about going to camp. Maybe I've, maybe this is, why am I doing this? This is not fun. If my mum's this upset, then surely there's something to be worried about. And she just looked so confused because her friends were happy. She was wanting to be happy, but she, her mum wasn't allowing her to really experience the joy of that moment which I really felt for the mother because she had her own set of issues going on and she was genuinely worried for her child. And um, this is in no means a judgment uh, of that mother. Um, I can Im- can't imagine how she felt. So all I want to address is this child. So this is the first night of camp and um, I was the, one of the mums on this camp and this girl could not relate to any of the girls in her dorm she had been home so long that she was intellectualizing everything, worried about every little uh, 
bit of darkness, any little insect that was in the dorm, she'd make a big deal about it and talk about how that spider bites and how it can affect you. And she, she just intellectualized the whole thing to the point where the other children, bless them, just couldn't relate to her, you know. So they kind of stayed away from her. They, they didn't know how to be with her because the way she carried on made them feel homesick and worried. So she was very quickly um, felt herself quite isolated from the group and uh, naturally she felt very very upset and she came to get me as um, one of the mums on camp and sort of was just so upset wanted me to call her mum immediately and she wanted to go home she just beside herself with fear and upset and loneliness and it all just became too much and she just couldn't stop crying and she was almost hysterical um wanted to go home you know really spat the dummy and, and demanded that we phone someone now um and I took her aside and we went into one of the empty cabins and just had a big hug and, and a chat and after about 10 minutes she calmed down and I just kept reassuring her that I'm here, I'm here, don't worry, don't worry, you know, we will talk about this in a minute, we'll talk about all the things, I'm happy to drive you home, I'm happy for you to, to, for, to call your mum, I just want to talk to you first and I can't talk to you while you're upset, so we need to just settle down, I'm more than happy to do everything that you're requesting, I've got no problem with that, I want you to be happy, I don't want you to be upset, so it's just, I constantly reassured her for about 10 minutes that she was going to be okay, that I was going to listen to her, that how she's feeling is is fine, that I'm listening to her and I'm empathising with her. Now that was really, really important way to calm her down. And after about five minutes of just sitting there and her calming down and realising, oh, this isn't so bad, that these people care about my safety, I'm not alone. I just said to her, look, as I said, I'm happy to ring who you want me to ring and I want to be there uh, be here for you I just need you to understand a couple of things and so what I started to do was I said I just need you to listen I don't need you to think that I'm going to force you to do anything I would never do that what I need you to do is just listen and think about what I'm saying to you so I went through a couple of scenarios one was if she went home on their first night of camp and she was comforted by her family and she had all her comforts and foods and was in her own bed and she felt lovely had a great night's sleep and got to hang out with her her parents for a couple of days until the other kids came back from camp I gave her that scenario and how, all the lovely things that came along with that I said but you know on Monday when all the kids come back to school uh, they're going to have all these wonderful stories and photos and games that they did and experiences and do you feel that you could handle that? Do you feel that you would be sad if you didn't have any stories of your own to share? Will you be okay with not feeling like you've got any any part of that experience? Because, you know, your schooling days come and go really, really quickly and I don't even want you to look back and have regrets. You know, it's one thing to be lonely for a couple of nights and feel like, oh, I wish I miss, miss my bed, but... It's much worse to have regrets when you do something and you didn't you, you go somewhere and you didn't see it through and you and you always regret and beat yourself up over over the thing that you didn't do. So I really wanted her to think long and hard about whether she could handle that on Monday morning when all the kids come back to school because I could see in her that there was a really love of life and and a fun and a zest that she she loved to be there with her friends as well. And then the other scenario I ran through her mind was if she was to stay at camp 
you know, how can we make it more comfortable for her? How could she, what are some things that, that she wished were different? And one of them was um, she doesn't feel she relates to the kids and she she makes her feel a bit lonely. Um, another thing was that she uh, she um, dismisses her mum. So, you know, it was we sort of negotiated a, a scenario perhaps she could ring her mum in the morning and just say hello and then tell her mum all the things that she's going to be doing at camp and go and do them and then have something to tell her mum about the next morning. You know, actually make experiences and memories that she can share with her mum. Have something happy to share with her mum. Valuable to share with her mum to make her mum happy as well. Um, rather than just ringing her mum to say how sad she was. So these are the couple of things that we did. So that was just a scenario about the importance of really getting on their level when they're in those moments, when they've dug their heels in and reassuring them about something. And then helping them to logically realize a couple of outcomes and scenarios around the decision that they make. Because when they're upset like that and irate, they, they really struggle. They're a child. They, they struggle to see um, consequences and, and, and how things will unfold after that. So it's really great if you could take the time to explain that to them. Rationalize. And remember, keep your voice very, very calm and comforting. Constantly reassure them that, they, that their feelings matter to you and that you just want them to make the best informed decision that they can make because they are important to you. All right, so give that a try. That is something that I, it's always worked for me. Um, I've never had a situation where it hasn't. Okay, just takes time. You've got to be patient. Now, the fifth point I want to make, this other little, little rule or this uh, tip is to always leave the door open. It doesn't matter which thing your child, which decision your child makes, whether they decide to go through something or let fear get the better of them and back down. It, it, at the moment, it, at the point in time, it can feel quite disappointing. But the truth is, they're a child. This is a learning opportunity. You need to still make them feel... Um, loved and accepted in that moment you need to embrace whatever the decision they made is just where they're at right now you need to help them through their self-love you don't want them to feel so disappointed that they hate on themselves to the point where that can actually become a pattern after that they give up on themselves oh that's what you always do you always give up you know oh it's become your pattern when they're feeling down, that's the sort of negative voice they can hear in their head. So it's really important that after all the counselling on whatever direction that they've decided to take, that ultimately they've made the decision themselves and you need to make sure that um, whatever decision they've made doesn't therefore define who they are from then on. You need to say, accept it, help them through it, say, wow, what did you learn from that? You know, sometimes it can take a week. Sometimes it can take a week for them to realize, oh, I didn't, I didn't really try my, put my best foot forward in the speech competition and I, and I kind of wished I had if I, I chickened out and I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it and I, I stumbled and, I, and the teacher said I could have another go but I didn't want to do it. And, you know, they will feel disappointed. You don't have to make them feel disappointed. They will already feel disappointed from the sheer fact that they know they could have done something and they, they chose the other. <laughs> but don't let them dwell. 
you know, we I had a little girl once in a, and she made it as a finalist for a speech competition. She's so little, such a little girl. You know, she's only in year three, I, I, I believe, from memory. And she did this beautiful speech, absolutely gorgeous speech, well-written, well-prepared, and just completely blanked and freaked out on the moment. And I was judging the speeches and we had a word to her um, in the break and said, you know, we'll give you one more shot if you'd like to do it because this was a, you know, it's it, it's a, it's a, a learning opportunity. So we thought we'd give. She clearly had stage fright. We thought we'd give her one more shot to give it a go. But she absolutely just freaked out and, and couldn't speak. You know, and her family, her grandparents, both sets of grandparents and parents had taken the day off work to come and support her in the speech competition. And she was so worried about that. It's all she could say to us. You know, backstage, all she could say to us was, I'm just so, my mum and dad is going to be so disappointed. She was so concerned and worried about them. But she just couldn't bring herself to, to go through it. She's only little. And and I said, don't worry about it, darling. You know, you'll find you'll get through it. And she, she, she tried again, but she just couldn't do it. And so, anyway, we went through the speech competition. We, we, you know, there were about 30 children that day competing. At the end of it all, I looked over across the room at her giving her mum and dad a hug. And my God, they, they loved her. They embraced her in that moment. They reassured her. I was so in love with their love, you know. I just so pleased that they embraced her for trying. They embraced her in that moment. They didn't let her dwell on her disappointment. They didn't share their disappointment with her. They said, hey, it's only, it's only a competition. They were so awesome about it. And the very next year, she came back and won the comp overall through all the age groups. I, it just blew me away. She was a different child altogether. She, she learned from that experience. She felt disappointed, but they didn't beat her up over it. You know, um, yes, they'd taken the day off work. Yes, they'd gone to all the trouble to go there and support her, but they just gave her so much love in that moment and realized the big picture stuff was that this is a learning opportunity. So when she came back the next year and won it, well, there was your proof that she just needed time. Some kids just need time. Sometimes they are just not ready for a moment. That doesn't mean that you let them accept that as <laughs> their fate. You know, Don't let that disappointment define them, as I say. It means that you, that you just let them love themselves and accept that that's okay, that some things take time. That's really, really important that you role model that love for them. All right, so I've given you my top five tips that I put on my Facebook post and reiterated those. I've given you my um, five quick and easy to resolve um, issue kind of rules, um, which, was, which was further to those five tips. So kind of a few negative things and there, kind of a couple of don't do's. Um, holding your line with your friends, backing your child, setting expectations with a group of children, um, giving them a task to do so they can focus on positive reinforcement and, and supporting each other and respecting each other. Um, when children dig their heels and reassuring them and helping them to realise a few outcomes. And then finally, always leaving the door open for their hearts and helping them to realise that it was a learning experience. Okay, so now I've just got five really quick tips for you. Um, one is, if your child is going on a sleepover or a camp, absolutely, you need to let them take a comfort item. 
teddy bear is fine, although sometimes that can get mocked on camp, so <laughs> just putting it out there. Perhaps a blanket, or perhaps um, I had a, a lovely child once who bought her cardigan of her mum's. Just had her mum's smell on it, and she just tucked it under her pillow, and she always felt her mum was with her. Uh, good idea is to talk to the teacher about that first, so the teacher knows that your child has it, that it's important to them. Absolutely, you need to communicate with the adults on camp if you can. The teachers and the teachers can relay that to the camp parents. Um, or if your child has a sleepover, or if it's a sport event coming up, that's, you need you need to really communicate as much as you can. Don't overwhelm your teachers, your child's teachers, but do tell them exactly how your kid is feeling, okay? Um, so I want you to keep the anticipatory period before the event very short, all right? If you know there's an event coming up, I don't want you to start talking about it a month out. If you know that your child has high anxiety for something, you just need to kind of casually drop it into, oh, next weekend is that thing. I'll make sure we'll go and get your friend a, a, a present for that sleepover party and just leave it there. Don't go on about it. Don't go, oh, six more sleeps till that sleepover. Are you going to be ready? You don't want to do that, guys. <laughs> Come on. Put yourself in their shoes. Okay, so keep that anticipation period really short, really short. Don't build it up. Just say, oh, here we are and go. Um... Set up a reward or a celebration. Decide upon what will be their reward once they've done their task or conquered their fear or, um, you know, are you going to go out for a nice chocolate? Are you going to go for a nice family picnic? Are you going to go and see a movie? What is it? Are you going to bake a cake together? What is it? Keep it really, really simple and fun. Something that they really enjoy. Keep it an experience that you can celebrate together. You know, those are things that really warm their hearts that they hold on to forever and they'll never forget. Something they can look forward to. Okay, and it's also really important that you discuss what to do in certain scenarios. Now, Ken, use your lang- choose your language wisely. Do not build it up to be scary. Um, but I want you to discuss with them um, who they can talk to in the event of a situation. Um, be very clear uh, about who they need to talk to and who's the best person to speak to and what, what it is that they need to do if they have got anxieties. Okay, if they've got a plan in place, sometimes that's half the battle. They just need to know what, what, what they need to do and keep it very, very simple. If there's one adult that they can go to, that's really, really great. Um, sometimes kids just need to know where they stand um, and they need you to make bridge that gap with them, introduce them to that parent um, so they know what to do. Do they, need a, do they have a little night light or is there some way that they can sleep closer to the door where the light is? You know, do they need to go over where the toilet is in the dark? You need to, need to help, give a heads up to them so they can cope through the situation a little bit better. Um, and body language. Really important that you smile, that you don't cross your arms when you meet people um, in these scenarios when they're going off to camp or they're going off a sleepover. Very important that you that you're jolly and happy, have open arms, strong, lots of eye contact, modelling the stuff with them all the time. Lots of smiling, lots of eye contact, lots of hug, lots of gestures and open gestures of listening. Those are things that children really need to know that you are, have their back, that they can trust you that you are on their side and um, and that being open and sociable is not a vulnerable state, that it actually creates um, better positive energy and more positive interactions and that just encourages them to do the same and that's something that takes time. Okay? 
Well, there you go, guys. Those were my top tips for um, helping your child to cope with anxiety. I really, really hope that um, that was of use to you, that you were able to make some valuable notes. Um, And like I say, these are all taken from my experiences as a performing arts teacher and as a parent of three. Um, I've done a lot of volunteer things with the schools so um, as well as teaching so these are all things that really do work Um, some quick tips there and some long-term things that you can talk about as a family uh, with your partner and to really start to make positive change in your household so all the very very best it doesn't last forever and I know what the fact that you've listened in and that you care about your child enough to try and um, think of some, some ways that you can help them more as a parent just makes you so awesome. Give yourself a big pat on the back. Um, they are lucky to have you as their parent and, um, and this too shall pass. So have a great day and be fearless everyone. 